accident. <clears throat> the third day today, I want to talk about confession, celebrating the forgiveness of sins. St. James, the apostle, wrote to the church, he said, to confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Now, this was not the sacrament of confession that we know today. But in the ancient church, in the time right after Christ, when James wrote his letter, the bonds of love within the community were very strong. And so the people were not ashamed to confess their sins to one another because they knew that they would receive love and forgiveness and understanding and that they would not be judged by one another because this is what our Lord commanded, do not judge one another. Now we have a saying in English. It says, confession is good for the soul because if we can open ourselves to others, we can receive a word of forgiveness and we can also throw off our failures from ourselves and we can even forget the malice that we might have towards one another. As human beings, though, it seems very often we are not really mature enough and we're not confident enough to confess our sins to one another. So for this reason in the church we have a ritual confession of sins. And when we acknowledge our sins and we acknowledge our desire to turn away from them, you can hear the words of forgiveness from God. The priest stands in the place of God and he says the words of forgiveness that truly come from God. Today we don't frequent confession as much as our parents and grandparents did. And there are many reasons for this. But there is in reality one forgiveness of sins. And that one forgiveness of sins is in the sacrament that we receive in baptism. When we are washed the waters of baptism, the waters of rebirth. We are washed in the Holy Trinity and at that time we make our pledge to turn away from evil and to commit ourselves to Christ. So St. Paul says we know that our old self was crucified with Christ so that our sinful body might be done away with so that we might no longer be in slavery to sin. As human beings, though, we know, I know, we all know, we have many weaknesses. And when, even after we are baptized, we slip and fall many times, and we need to recommit ourselves and to renew these promises to renounce evil to accept Christ that we made in baptism. 
And so for this reason, we have the sacrament of confession, which the fathers of the church called the second baptism, the baptism after our baptism. Sacrament of confession has gone through many different forms. In the first, the first form, it was done publicly. And it was intended for people who had committed terrible sins that would result in the death of the soul. Usually these were apostasy, the denial of faith, and still today we have the problem today of people who, who deny the faith, turn away from the faith. Also the taking of the life of another, murder, or adultery, because adultery is a spiritual murder. It kills the life, the love of a husband and a wife. So the only salvation for these people was to confess their crime and throw themselves at God's mercy through the church. This was not done in secret. And those who reformed their lives were given a severe penance, sometimes a penance that lasted for the rest of their lives. And in those days, the forgiveness could be given only once. You only had one chance after baptism. However, this system of penance proved to be too rigorous for people, and it was abandoned in the early centuries. Remember, it was only for the most serious sins imaginable. But there's still a need for confession and forgiveness of sins. What the church then did was they accepted the form of confession that was done by the monks and the nuns in the monasteries. The practice in the monasteries was that every day the monk who was seeking perfection in Christ would confess to his spiritual father all the faults that he committed during the day. These confessions were expected to be absolutely complete, nothing omitted, because the monk was seeking spiritual perfection. The spiritual father would then give the monk a penance, what, we, what was called an obedience, and the, he was expected to do some work that would bring him closer to God through humility and repentance. And this was picked up by the people who were outside of the monasteries. They saw this as very helpful for salvation. And they wanted to improve the ways in which they lived. And so the people who came to the monasteries from outside, the fathers would accept them as their spiritual children. And they would give them a penance to help overcome their weakness or even sins of hatred or malice that they had committed. Likewise, the person was expected to open their whole soul to the spiritual father. This was obviously difficult to do. So the church made some rules 
about confession the first is the one who receives the confession must be an ordained priest for only someone who had received the gift of the holy spirit by the laying on of hands could forgive sins secondly the sins that are required to be confessed are only what we call the mortal sins, the most serious sins, the grave sins, the sins that bring about the death of our soul. And third and most important, as you well realize, is that priests were put under the seal of confession. That means that they cannot reveal what they hear in confession for whatever reason, even under the pain of death. All of this tells us what the sacrament of penance, which is really reconciliation, really is. It is a renewal of the promises we made at baptism. And it is our restoration to life in God. That is why we are obliged only to confess mortal sins, because these are the ones that damage our baptism. We have, by our actions, when we commit a moral sin, we have proved ourselves to be unworthy of our baptism. We have not renounced evil. Instead, we have done evil. We are not committed to Christ in our hearts and in our minds and in our souls. I've been a priest now for 52 years. So I've served as a pastor. And I know that people want an exact definition of what a mortal sin is. Does it mean missing one Sunday liturgy? Does it mean smoking three packs of cigarettes a day or only two? These are the questions that people ask me. These questions are about external actions not what is in our souls. There was a woman who confessed to her priest that she was unable to attend the Sunday liturgy. And the priest says, why is that? This is why I broke my leg and I was in the hospital. Well, I mean, obviously, it was in her heart was to attend, but physically, she was unable. Yes, a mortal sin must be a seriously evil act, but it's got to be something in our hearts. It is a turning away from God. It is the sin of Eve. If you read, you have to remember that story all the time. What was Eve's sin? It was that she decided for herself what was good and not what God commanded. I will decide for myself what is good for me, and I will not obey God's laws. Which are actually less of laws than really God's revelation to us of how we must live, how to act in life. So this is the first question we must always ask ourselves. Have I turned my back on God's love? Have I, like the Pharisee, remember the Pharisee in the temple? Oh God, I'm so great, I fast and give tithes and everything. 
And we, like the Pharisee, boasted of our self-righteousness, of how good we are. This is the reality we have to face in order to have life. And it is very easy to turn aside from the road that baptism leads us on. This explains the other conditions also. Only a priest may hear the confession and give us God's forgiveness because he has been given at his ordination the gift of the Holy Spirit for this very reason. Now it is true, you know, we can confess to one another. It's not a bad thing to do. And we can also uh, make peace with one another. We can reconcile ourselves with one another. We for can forgive one another. And this is certainly something that we must do. And we are able to confess in our heart to someone else that we trust and love. But only the ordained priest can say the prayer of God's forgiveness. This is also the reason why the priest cannot reveal the confession. Because when the priest sits in the confession and he hears the people's sins, he has no right to hear their sins. He's only representing God. And because the priest does not have the right to hear the sins, so also he has no right to tell anyone of the sins of the people. I'll tell you, I've heard confessions for 52 years. I've heard people many times hear confessions, and I can tell you that when I was ordained, I received the gift of the Spirit. And to be honest, in all reality, when I hear someone's confession, after I leave the confessional, I forget what they said to me. I forget it. It's God's grace. It is not for me to know, but it is only so that God's power of forgiveness can work through your confession and hearing God's grace. You might ask the question, well, why don't we just confess to God then? Why go to confession? There are two reasons. And the first comes from the monastic nature of confession. When we go to confession, we are seeking spiritual perfection. And the, this is one of the commands of Christ. We don't often think about it because he said the two greatest commandments are love God with your whole heart and your mind and soul love your neighbor as yourself. These are the two greatest commandments. But Christ also gave other commandments. And one commandment that he gave was, in the Gospel of St. Matthew, is be perfect as your Heavenly Father is perfect. And so we confess all of our faults and failures, even those that are just done out of our human weakness, so that we can receive from the priest who is our spiritual guide, some help and advice on how to do God's will better. Because this is what life is about. 
this kind of confession is not required by law. It is what is called a devotional confession. And I think it is a spiritual rule for anyone who really wants to live a Christian life. We've got to seek out some spiritual guide to help us on our road, on our road to the perfection that Christ is calling for us. Someone who is able to guide our moral lives. That's one reason for going to confession. But the second reason is that we need, we need forgiveness. This is because if we are really honest with ourselves, we know in our hearts that we have not lived up to our baptismal calling. We have not committed ourselves to Christ with our whole heart and mind and soul. This is especially true in, a, in the individualistic kind of world in which we live. In the world in which we live, sometimes it is considered a shame to admit that we have weaknesses. We should never admit that we are weak. And then we should always pretend that we are entirely righteous and right. And so it becomes very difficult to admit that we are not always right. Sometimes we are wrong. And to admit that we need forgiveness. When we go to confession, we are afraid of the judgment that may come to us in confession. We are, in fact, very ashamed of the sins we have done, and we hate to reveal them to an actual human being. I'll tell you a story. Once in the Great Lent in one of my parishes, I had a service of forgiveness. I followed the church law exactly that the service would forgive our lesser sins, what we call usually venial sins, sins of weakness. But the serious sins, the moral sins, the sins we do out of malice, had to be confessed. And the priest who heard the confession is the one that has to say the prayer of forgiveness and had to impose on the person a suitable penance. However, I told the people that what, what I would do is simply hear the sins that the people confess, name a penance, and say the prayer of forgiveness. I wouldn't give them any sermon or advice. But no, no words, no words of judgment. I was surprised when every person in the church came to confession that day. We don't want censure in confession. 
it is revealing that when the rite of confession that we have was first drawn up, the priest was told, these we have in, in the rites that we, we have written down. The priest is told, you are the forgiving and loving father who is welcoming back the prodigal son. So I have, I have a text from those days, and I told the priest, receive the penitent with a smile. Embrace them as a loving father. And so this is the hope for result of confession, that we would be like that godlike father the father who welcomed back the prodigal son. The father who said when, the father, when his son returned to him, he says, now we must celebrate and rejoice because your brother was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. So penance, my dear brothers and sisters, is not a time for, for, for judgment and for hatred. It is a time for love and joy that our God is always willing to overlook our sins and to forgive us if we want to return to him or we want him to be our father. Glory to Jesus Christ. <laughs>